is the second shear on preparing oneself for Kabbalah's HaTorah. It's about a shear called on to value Torah. The Gemara says in Yuma Daflamet Heyon base, Torah Rabbanon, our bond taught us, Oni Vaoshir Verosha Boim Ladin. The three categories of people who come to Din after 120, we all going to be, you know, in the and there's three, it's divided up into three categories of people. Oni Vaoshir Verosha, the poor type of person, the rich person, and the Rosha, the person who does not good things. Laoni, to the poor person, Omrim Lo, they say to him, if he wasn't learning, they say, why didn't you occupy yourself in Torah, Torah learning? Im Omer, if he says, Oni see, I was a poor person. I was busy supporting my family, looking after them. I didn't have time to learn. Omrim Lo, they say to him, Klum Oni were you more poor than Hillel, the famous Hillel? Omru all of Hillel Hazokin. Omru all of Hillel Hazokin. They say on him, on this Hillel Hazokin, Shabachol Yoim Vayoim. Every single day, Hoyo Isa Umistake Vitrapik. He used to work to, to make a living, to make a panosa. And what he got, there was a, was a traffic, it was a very small coin. It was a, like a seller, Rashi says, a seller medina. It's a chatzi dinner, a half a dinner. Chetziov hoyenoisen l'shem v'samedrash. Half of it he would give to the watchman in the v'samedrash. It was his job was to, you know, they needed a watchman that they were in the field out there that nobody should come and maybe steal something. He would clean the v'samedrash. That was his job, and anybody who came in would pay him. A certain amount in order to get it to Vesa Medrash. The Chetziov and the other half of the money that he made, the Panosasoi, would have Panosasoi to support himself and to support his family. That's what he used his money for. Pam Achas, one time, Leimotza Listake. He didn't make it. He didn't make it that day and didn't have enough money. He didn't have money to be able to give to this watchman. And the watch, the person who was the watchman who was watching the base of wouldn't let him in. He said, you didn't pay, you can't get in. But he wanted to learn Torah. He went up and he bent over, he went over to sit on, there was a little window at the top on the roof of the base of He went up there he wanted to hear the Shia, the Shia of Hashem's the words of Hashem alive, from Shmai Vavtalion. They were the Rosh Hashiras. They were saying Shia. And he didn't want to miss a Shia. He wasn't going to go to Beis Amerish that day. So he went up there. Omru, they say, That day was Friday, Friday night. With Kufus Teves Hayo, it was the middle of the winter, it was the time of Teves. For Yorod Olav Shelek Minashemayim, and it was a snowy night, and it went on him, 
pouring on him snow from heaven. When the morning rose, came in the morning, my brother, every day, the house, usually the Bismarck is, is light, today, April, it's dark, it's, maybe it's a cloudy day, they picked up their eyes, they looked up, and they saw a figure of a man, in the window. All of them went up, and they found on him, room, shalish amis, shalik, it was the a heap of three amas of snow was on top of him. Three feet of snow. Parku, they took it off him. Virchitsu, they washed him. Sihu, they put oil on him. They soothed him. Virchivu, connect Amadura. And they put him next to the fire. They had to make a fire for him on Shabbos in order to save his life. Omru, they said, Roy Zeh. <laughs> he is fitting that Nebuch, we have to machal Shabbos for him. This man is fitting. His Messias Nefesh for learning that, you know, he wanted to learn so much. The second category of people, Oshir, the rich man comes up. Omrim Loi, the din, and they ask him, they tell him, if he didn't learn, they say, Why weren't you? Why weren't you Isaac Batora? Im Omer, if he says, I was a rich man, I was too busy in my in my business, in my work, and I really just didn't have time to learn. they say to him, Were you a richer person more than Beleza? They say on him, on Rebelezim and Chasim, his father left him after he passed away. A thousand cities in the dry land in, on, on earth. With that, a thousand ships in the sea. That's how rich this man was after he, his father passed away and he was Yorishim. Every single day, no till nor till kemach, he would take a flask of flour, safe on his shoulder. He would go from city to city, from country to country. He wanted to learn everything with Torah, so he had to travel to this yeshiva, to that yeshiva, he had to different countries. And all he did was just took a flask of flour, just a bit of flour, just to be able to live and go from one place to another to learn Torah. Pam Achas one time, Motsu Avodov his slaves found him. They wanted to put on him that he had to work for the for the Sahiya, a job which the city, for a city man, you know they got people to work for the city for the king would, would want him to have people working for him. And they wanted to put it on him. Omalahem, he said to them, Vakoshimikem, I ask from you, Inichinu, Inichuni, leave me, leave me alone. Veilachimato, I want to go learn Torah. Omruloi, they told him, Chayer Belezim Chasim, She'ein Manichim Oyscha, we're never going to leave you. 
until you do what you have to do. He never went. He never saw them again. And a Yoshev Osig Torah. He was sitting and occupied in Torah. Kol Ayoyim Vecholalayla. All day and all night. Rosho. The third category of people. The Rosho comes to court. To Din. If he didn't learn, if he didn't. Why weren't you Osig in Torah? Im Oma, if he says, No, I see. I'm a good looking person. But Torah beauty, I was too bothered. I was too occupied in my Yitzhahara. They say to him, were you more beautiful than Yosef? They say on him, on Yosef at Sadik, every single day. The wife of Petifa, she would talk to him with words. The godim shalav shalay shachis, the clothing that she would wear in the morning, they love shalay avis, she would change for the evening. The godim shalav shalay avis, the clothing that she wore for the evening, they love shalay shachis. The next day she'd already change her clothing. Omar Allah, she said to him, he shomali, listen to me. Omar Allah, love, I can't do this. Omar Allah, she said to him, harenu chavashtcha, babes hasuim, I'll lock you up in the, <coughs> in the cell, in the prison. I will bend your height. I'm going to make you blind. She gave to him a thousand silver coins. To listen to her. To be with her. To live with her. And he didn't want to listen to her. Even though she meant well, but he didn't want to, he didn't listen to her. Nimsoy comes out. Hillel is going to make responsible the poor people who didn't learn Torah. Chasim, he's going to obligate the people who are the rich people. And Yosef Mechaibis Harashim. And Yosef is going to obligate the Rishayim. <coughs> Which means that whoever you are is going to come to court after 120. And Hashem is going to ask, the court is going to ask, why didn't you learn Torah? Why would you are Hillel? Why would you like Rebbe and Chasim? Why would you like Yosef? That is the Gemara. So the Mir Shiva and Rebbe Rebbe Shemulevitz asked the following question, which is an obvious question. What is this? I'm going to come to court and they're going to tell me, why would you like Hillel? I'm going to say, I didn't have to, I wasn't more like Hillel. Hillel was from the biggest, he was in the Gemara, everybody learns him every day. It's not possible that I could have learned like him. There's no, there's no way, I, there was no chance that I could have done that. You can't expect me to be like Hillel. I never had that chance. I never was born like that. I never. I, it's just not. It's not. It's not possible. that he was able to go and 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 give up all his his wealth in order to uh, learn Torah and to give everything up like that. I didn't have. I didn't have that potential. I wasn't born with such, which with such kochas to be able to do anything like that. No way. It's not possible. You can't obligate me to be like Rebbelezer You can't punish me for not being uh, or not giving me my own habit for that. 
Yosef Atzadik, son of Yaakov Avinu. Expect me to be like son of Yaakov Avinu? He had such strength. He was a son of Yaakov, the grandson of Yitzchak, Avram. How is it possible that in the Olam Emes, where it's everybody is judged 100% correctly, there's no there's no sheke, it's totally Emes, there's no overjudging, I'm not going to be judged to something which I don't have the potential to be, to have. How is it possible that I'm going to be asked to be like this, like that, these tzaddikim, these holy Kedush Kedoshim people? How is it possible that... So he gives the following answer. He says, of course, we're not going to be asked why am I not Hillel, why am I not the Blessed of Chasim, why didn't I fight my Yitzhah like Yosef? That's not going to be. Of course not. We can't learn 18 hours a day, we can't do this. It's no, it's no way that I could have been there. Like the people who have written the Gemara, that people learn them all day, there's no way. But the question is, what did Hillel do to be able to learn Torah? How much desire did he have? He was able to, he was ready to give his life, even though I'm sure he didn't think he was in a Sakana digger place. He wasn't in a dangerous situation, otherwise he wouldn't have done it. He would have got him, if he would realize that he's, that he's, you know, in dangerous, then he, he wouldn't have done that. But he must have been so engrossed in his learning and thinking, listening to the Shia that he didn't even realize what was happening, that's for sure. But what did he do? He was ready to go on top of the roof. I'm sure it was cold there. I'm sure he knew it was cold, even though he didn't realize to what extent. And he wanted to listen to Torah so much. He had such a drive. He was ready to do anything and everything. But Belezeb and Chasim, he could have enjoyed his wealth and learned also. He could have, he, he, you know, he, he could have learned Torah. He was a big Talmud Chacham. But he didn't even once stop for any important need. He just learned and learned Torah day and night all the time. He had such a shuka, he had such a desire, such a want, such a love for learning that nothing in the world will stop him. No obligation, nothing when he's learning Torah. And the same with Yosef HaTzadik. He didn't give in. He was Moise Nefesh, knowing who he was. And he just totally gave himself up away. That is what is expected from us. We expected to recognize it, to realize the time that I'm learning. I may be just learning one hour a day. I have a chavusa. I go to a dafayoyimi, or I learn some chumish, or I learn mishnais, or whatever level. But that time, that time that I'm learning, how precious is that time for me? To me, what happens if while I'm learning, I get a call, and somebody wants to offer me a very big business deal, which will help me for my panosa for everything, but it's in the middle of my learning. So my Rebbe would say, if I'm learning, and I'm offered $10,000, but I would have to close my Gemara in order to, to make this money. And I close my Gemara. So how much is the Gemara worth? Nine, 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 nine thousand, a drop less than ten thousand. 
because I closed it for something which had more value. Otherwise, I wouldn't have closed it. So the, the, the Torah must have been less valuable than what I... So if I get a phone call, why get a disturbance in the middle of learning? Or just, just something, you know, I'm learning, I've got a Chavusa, I've got a, I've got a Seder, I opened a Mishnayis, a Chumish, whatever I was doing, and I'm learning, and then something comes up, somebody shows me something, somebody calls me, am I ready to stop and say, you know what, I can learn later also? Is the world dead when I'm learning? Like an example, when I'm working and I'm in a big business deal and I'm at work and somebody just talk, calls me up about something which is not important, I'll say, I can't talk to you now, I can't talk, I'm busy now. Because it's very important. I'm in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of working now and I can't just be disturbed by something which is not, doesn't have that value. So Kalvachoma, when I'm learning Torah and I'm valuing this hour or this 10 minutes or this Chavrusa, whatever it may be, do I value that with the love and understanding and the importance and the value of Torah, what it should be, that that is now my life and that is what is important and there's nothing else in the world which comes anything close to that importance? That's what we're going to be asked for after, aren't we? When you had a chance to learn, of course you have to support your family. Of course we're not expected to be on that level. But when I am on the level, when I am in a situation that I have to do, I'm learning now, how do I value that time? What does it mean to me? Is the whole world less important than that? And that everything is dead? And there's nothing going on? That's going to be what we asked. And if we do that, then that, then, then we'll get our chaylik and If I value the time and the love and the value of Torah, which I was which when I am able to learn and when I'm able to occupy, that's what we're going to be asked for. And if we do that, Bezashem would be Zohar to Oramabo, the Khalik that we meant to get.